Recorded live. Hey, yo, it's me, it's me, it's the R-A-B. What's up, everyone? It's Raven Effect back for another episode of the HeelCast. Uh, we are doing it on TalkShoe again because uh, one of us doesn't have Wi-Fi. Raven Effect dumbass went ahead and uh, broke his headset today. So uh, I got to order a new one. But, hey, the HeelCast is back this week. We apologized last week for getting the show out so late. Uh, shit happens in life. Um, with me again this week, our our, our new HeelCast member who's uh, been Mr. Reliable for us, Wrestling Robert. Rob, what's up, my man? Hey, hi, everybody. Thanks, everybody who is listening to this podcast. And today we're going to be talking about GFW Impact, July 20, 2017. Hey, I am more than happy to be part of the heel cast once again. Go ahead. And no doubt, uh, you know, Rob is uh, Rob is heel cast anytime he wants to be. So, ladies and gentlemen, get used to our boy wrestling, Robert, as he is with us uh, for the long haul as well. And also check out his own show, Robert Does Wrestling, which we will bring up, of course, in a minute. But uh, also another uh, a, a mainstay of ours uh, who hasn't been with us in a while. But uh, you know, I always mess up and can't say my e's from my r's. Uh, so. It's a Hurlcast today. The Hurlcast is here. Uh, the Undisputed King of Fab Style is back with us. Hurl, what's up, buddy? Oh, man, it's been a long time again. I went up north, had a nice vacation, got to check out some of the uh, cream of the crop talent up there. It was a good time to be off, but uh, I'm here. I'm ready to talk some GFW Impact. A lot of stuff to cover. That is a, that's the first time we've had on the show where Hurls has actually been able to actually call it GFW Impact. Uh, fun fact there. Uh, Hurls, I, I know you said it's a good time to be off, but look, it, it's Hurls. We know it's also a good time for you to get off. Uh, doing your thing up north, Fat Style Man is back. Um, so uh, I'm just going to let everyone know. So the show, uh, RIV has been very busy this week. Um, I have not actually watched Impact more than like the first match. Uh, I'm going to be here for the, the plugs, the news. Uh, the first match of the show, and then I'm going to bail out, and uh, Hurls is going to take over, and him and Wrestling Robert are going to kick it with uh, the rest of the impact for you. Um, I haven't even been able to watch my boy, Chris Weidman, finally get that W back. Uh, and uh, you know what? It's real to me because John Jones in D.C. too is fucking happening this week, and if uh, John Jones beats Daniel Cormier, you might never hear from Raven Effect again, to be honest. But uh, All right, guys, uh, let's go to the plugs here. I've been telling everyone about my man, Big Ray, at Big Ray's show. Uh, dude, check out Big Ray. Uh, I don't know how many more times I can say it. Hopefully some of you are turning in. Um, look, he is a senior producer and reporter at OneWrestling.com and the only recognized protege of Bill After. Uh, you can hit him on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. It's at Big Ray's Show. And it's, it's One Wrestling Video on YouTube. That's the number one wrestling video, all one word. Uh, go to WrestleZone.com on the WrestleZone Daily with Nick Houseman. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. My bad. And uh, also... The hashtag Impact Attack Podcast with Ben the Hacker Hammond. Just search Hacker Hammond anywhere. You listen to your favorite audio content every Saturday. Check it out. Uh, also, to check it out, um, you know, we have uh, ImpactAsylum.net. Uh, I think it's uh, safe to say ImpactAsylum.net is now uh, the undisputed number one Impact Wrestling or GFW Impact Wrestling site uh, that there is. <laughs> yeah. Um, also there, you can always find Straight Shooting with FK9. Um, you know, FK9, our boy, he will be with us at some point soon, too. Uh, always doing his thing. Great show. Also, our other boys, Seth and Kyle over at Impact Heads. 
What up, Steph and Kyle? Uh, I mean, I love what they're doing over there. They've got some interviews out with some indie wrestlers. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing big things. They're reaching out. Now, I know Steph's got a big announcement, so check that out, y'all. Um, of course, uh, that other guy, uh, Wrestling Robert. Robert does wrestling. Rob, uh, you want to tell me one where to get your show at? Yeah, you can find it on YouTube.com. Just go ahead and search Robert Does Wrestling. I just did a EC3 guitar cover. I'm working on the Jeff Jarrett guitar cover, top 10 Rey Mysterio matches, and a lot of stuff. And also the Impact Review every week. So that are, are the couple of projects that I have and I am working on during this time of the year. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and of course, I'm sure everyone knows about Andre Corbeil. Check out Andre Corbeil's show. Um, and then our, our boy, uh, Impact, or One of a Kind, or LB One of a Kind, sorry, man, uh, the Impact One of a Kind Society, One of a Kind Elite Society uh, podcast. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Uh, I don't have my notes like normal uh, to say everything by name. And of course, you know, our boy BQ, King of the Mountain, the only King of the Mountain now left. Uh, of course, I got BQ every week. Uh, so there's a plug. Look, we're not the only GFW uh, podcast out there. There's a few of us out there, and uh, look, if you don't want to listen to just us or, you know, any of them, definitely listen to all of them. Um, guys, uh, you know, before uh, we talk about one thing, we're going to go on a sad note here. Um, so Chester Bennington was a lead singer in Lincoln Park. Uh, so his side band, um, Dead by Sunrise, I actually have their CD, uh, Out of Ashes. Yes, CD, I said it. Um, so Chester, over the weekend, uh, committed suicide. Uh, I, I heard something like they were investigated as a murder. I, I, probably some cheesy tabloid shit. But uh, Chester Bennington has passed away. Uh, look, I, I'm, I wasn't a big Linkin Park fan, to be honest. Um, but I was a huge fan of Chester. Uh, we, we went to, um, it, it was a one-year tour, uh, but it was called uh, Project Revolution. And uh, me and a couple of my best friends, we went to that. We didn't, like, I didn't go there to see Linkin Park. Um, I went there to see a lot of the other bands that were there. Uh, but they were the headliners. And I'll be honest, um, this was the second best concert I've ever watched in my life. And Chester Bennington, the man blew me away uh, at that show. And I became a big fan of his. The guy, like, I, I listen to hardcore underground music. Like, this dude could have been a huge thing in the hardcore, hardcore underground music. Um, his voice, his, just the way he could hold the pitch, the scream, the, all that, man, the, the dude was so talented. Um, it, it's just a very tragic thing to happen. Uh, I'm a big Stone Temple Pilots fan as well. I love the grunge. Uh, you know, when he... Got, when he became the guy that replaced Scott, um, you know, I, I was very happy because I loved the guy's voice, and I thought, man, this is a very talented musician who deserves it. Um, so very tragic, uh, you know, suicide, death. It's really not something to joke around or, or play around with because uh, it's real and it hurts. And this guy obviously had some serious issues uh, that dragged him down. And, uh, you know, rest in peace. Pearls, uh, anything you want to add on there? That is sad news especially knowing that I, I am not like a fan of Linkin Park, but reading to like the comments that people left on his news, uh, once the news broke out, right? Uh, uh, he helped with his lyric. A lot of people walk through dark places on his life, and that is something commendable, something to be admired. Go ahead. Harold, you with us, buddy? Yeah, Lincoln Park was a big influence on me. Um, I was already into rock music. I was listening to most of the new metal bands around that time. 
corn, and biscuits, Slipknot, whatever. But then Linkin Park came and Hybrid Theory came out and they just blew me away. Um, that album, I, still to this day, it's a 10 out of 10 album. I think everybody and their mother had that album. But even the ones past that, Meteora, Minutes to Midnight, um, The Hunting Party, those were really good albums. And even uh, the side side uh, band that he had, Dead by Sunrise, which TNA actually used for a pay-per-view, used that song for a pay-per-view. Um, so just a really sad, sad, sad time, um, especially since, you know, rock music definitely needs as many of the legends as they can possibly have because some of the newer bands just ain't living up to the bands even from five years ago. So um, rest in peace, Chester. Um, he brought us uh, tons of great music. It is. Like, I mean, I said I'm not a big Linkin Park guy. Um, I still have their very first three CDs, uh, 10 Minutes to Midnight. You know, uh, they, they definitely had a lot of good songs. Um, for me, I, I don't really do the mainstream rock that much, but they were some that I listened to. I, I don't like the Asian rapping thing. That, that's what bothered me with Linkin Park. Um, Chester was amazing, and, uh, you know, definitely some great songs on there. And, uh, you know, when Hybrid Theory came out, man, that was huge. Uh, so, guys, we're going to move on. Um, so... We got the show out pretty late last week. Uh, truth be told, we got about half the viewers that we normally do because, honestly, uh, by the time this show got released, uh, Impact was just a few hours away. Uh, the show kind of became irrelevant, so our apologies to everyone that missed. So there's one thing I'm going to actually redo. Um, and I do want to say I don't have YouTube pulled up. I, I believe it was Scott Wright, uh, babe in the name. I'm not entirely sure. I apologize. But I want to thank this guy for doing the tweet that we asked everyone. Everyone else, what the fuck? Um, look, Fight Network. Uh, Anthem, I, I, I think Anthem owns Fight Network, right? So, Fight Network plays live audio wrestling, the law radio, right? So, they pay money to these people. They also own, or they're also owning and showing GFW Impact Wrestling. I want you guys to check out, anyone that has not seen this, go to YouTube, type in the law in defense of Impact Wrestling. Defense spelled D-E-F-E-N-C-E because these fucking journalists can't spell simple English, the word defense. Um, yeah. So it says it sounds like they're standing up for the company. They are not. Um, basically, they're sitting on it saying they don't have any good talkers. The GFW, TNA at the time, sucks. Um, there's a caller that calls in and tries to talk about how uh, Eli Drake is good. Literally, this guy, the, the people on the show, scream over this guy like, like a fucking child throwing a temper tantrum. Uh, don't let him talk, say anything, just completely throw a temper tantrum and just bash the company. Ed Nordholm, Fight Network, they are paying these people to sit on the company they are investing in heavily trying to grow. Uh, does anyone understand this? I don't. Uh, I, I don't get it. So this is what we're saying. Get these motherfuckers out there. They can go get picked up anywhere else. If everyone else wants to suck the WWE dick and all that, and that's cool, uh, and, and hate on GFW. They should not be getting fucking paid by them. So this is what we're asking all of these listeners. One, I want you to listen to that clip and tell me you don't get disgusted. But look, anyone that listens to this show, what I want you to do, and we are begging you, tweet at Ed Nordholm, at Real Jeff Jarrett, at Fight Network, F-I-G-H-T Network, fire the law, hire the heel cast. Um, and, that, and that's what we're asking. There's something along those lines. Get the heel cast on that air. Get those people off. This company wants to get a new network. They want to grow. They can't have that shit happening, at least paying for it to happen. 
Um, look, we will give a fair, honest review every week, as we do. Like, you, you want the RAV, you want uh, GFW, dude, you want Hurls, you want Rob, you want Kyle, you want Seth, you want, of course, FK9. We, we, we want to be there. You know, we do. Uh, and, you know, we could, fuck it, we'll bring BQ on. We'll get BQ, we can have the whole fucking heel cast, everyone. Um, this needs to happen. You want a positive influence for the main fucking, like, the, the mainstream. These people need to hear it. Um, everyone does. Like, like, people need to have an open mind towards this company for it to grow. Stuff like this is preventing it. It's holding it down. Um, and, like, I don't know how it happened, but one of, a, one of our listeners was, like, if you guys are hurting financially, we're not fucking asking. It's not about money. It's about this company. It's about GFW. Like, we do this shit for free. No, one, no one's saying pay us by any stretch of the imagination. It, it, it's like, I, I'm not fucking rich by any means. Um, I'm not asking for money. I'm not trying to get paid. I'm not trying to be famous. I'm trying to fucking help put the positive stuff out there. Um, Pearls, any, anything you want to say on this? Um, I really didn't know too much about this story until you guys brought it up. But that's pretty messed up that you have a podcast on the network that owns GFW Wrestling that craps about it and talks mad smack about it. Uh, that's just not a smart move by that podcast. And I, not only are they wrong, but they're just incredibly stupid. So, yeah, hire the heel cast. We'll give a fair and balanced review of Impact every week we're not going to be biased towards just WWE. So the law, podcast, whatever they call themselves, uh-uh. Time to hit the door. Yeah, they're doing uh, – that, that, that's pretty messed up because they kind of pretended like no one – like everything was bad on, on impact. It is the same stuff that you're hearing with the mass exodus of talent kind of the same rehatch story they did back when the Hardys left, the same rehatch story they they did after Bound for Glory, the massive exodus of, of talent. That is kind of messed up, especially knowing that they are shooting in the same boat that they are uh, standing in. How, how can you do that and and be okay with that. That that is mess up, fire the law, and hire the heel cast. No, no doubt. No. Um, like we said, man, I, we, we we fuck around. We don't take ourselves too serious. Uh, you know, we I kind of call ourselves like that. Uh, I like it as that girlfriend that like is so tempting, but you know she'll give you chlamydia. I mean, it's kind of like. Everyone wants to come on and do the Hillcats, but, like, it's like, oh, I don't want to be that. Like, we'll push the envelope. Uh, that's for sure. But, look, man, we, we fucking, like, we don't – we'll cut out the dick jokes. We'll lose half our audience. But, you know, sometimes you got to sell out. Uh, but, look, man, for real, like, we're, we're not going to kiss their ass. We're not, we're not going to be super biased. Um, you know, we're not going to say everything they do is good. We'll give our honest opinion. Uh, most of us that do this show actually enjoy the product a lot. But if something sucks, we will say it. You know, and and some of us may fucking disagree with it. I mean, like, I came out and said the KM skits were the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. 
And, uh, you know, Hurl disagreed with me. I can't remember if the other two did. But, look, by the end of the show, I had the three other people literally saying, uh, good God, what did he say? Are you calling me a liar? All simultaneously, and it wasn't rehearsed. Like, it was fun. That, that's the shit that we will do. Um, you know, if you listen to FK9, man, he's not, he, he doesn't, like, say everything is good by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you, you get the variety with us. We just want those fuck sticks off the air. And like I said, man, um, and it, it's, we talk about, like, the WWE fanboys and, and, and we say how they act like little kids. Uh, it's like the double standard and all the shitting on GFW. Anything they do, they bash it. Like, this is a prime fucking example. You have a WWE fanboy who has a radio show and gets paid fucking money. Um, and, you know, when someone tries to say GFW is good, literally in person, you hear the fucking temper tantrum being thrown, screaming over someone. Um, and like I said on the air last week, and I will bring this up again, I challenge any one of those fucking pussies from the law, I will not come on your show because I will not be fucking muted and screamed at. I will challenge any of you to fucking debate, talk about this, about why GFW sucks or why WWE is. But I haven't watched that shit show in fucking five years, and I will still beat that ass. You want to come on two, three people of you? I will bring the boys. We'll do a three-on-three debate, whatever the fuck you want to do. I challenge you bitches. You will get shut the fuck down. This is what we do. Moving on. Just had to get that out there, guys. Uh, so we're going to go to the real news. Um... We will start. Uh, we, uh, I think it was kind of a given that Brandy Rhodes was no longer with uh, GFW, but she's been removed. So is Madison Rain, Magnus, and Matt Morgan. Um, I mean, I, I guess Madison's a little bit of a shocker to me. The other two, unfortunately, I saw were coming. Um, I guess I'll, I'll close it out, but uh, we'll go to Hurl to start. Hurl's your thoughts on these? I know you got your boy Matt Morgan. I mean, disappointed? Yeah, I am. I'm disappointed because, you know, they brought these two in only on a handshake deal, and it just really sucks because we don't get to see any continuation of their storylines. I mean, Magnus dropped the GFW title. I guess that was the most important thing to do. Um, So it kind of seemed like that's all he came in to do. But as far as Matt Morgan, like, I know he was excited to come back, but uh, this whole thing about, uh, GFW taking 10% of their house show money, uh, them not making any money off merchandise sales that uh, GFW sells with their likeness on it, I guess it's a deal breaker. Um, So, you know, a lot of these wrestlers, they earn a lot of their living off of that. I don't think the 10% is bad, but I do think them not getting any cut of their own merchandise, I think that may, um, may be you know, one of the deal breakers for Matt Morgan, Madison Rain, and Brandy Rhodes. I'm okay with Brandy Rhodes leaving. I just she wasn't that great in the ring, and I don't think she really brought that much to the knockouts division. Madison Rain is a veteran. Um, she's won the title I think five times. Uh, she's a heck of a talent. Maybe maybe she didn't win it that much. I know she won it a lot, but she's a heck of a talent. Uh, she will be missed. I I like Madison Rain. They weren't really using her too much lately. Um, but Matt Morgan, I feel like there was a lot of unfinished business there. And uh, hopefully in the future they can somehow come to an agreement because I think Matt Morgan is a heck of a talent and I would have loved to see him get a uh, title run with the proper booking. So it's disappointing. I understand it, why they why they didn't want to sign a contract. But at the same time, I, I just wish GFW didn't, bring them back for them, or at least in Matt Morgan's case, for him to just not sign. I just think that wasn't a very smart move. 
So I I knew the whole Brandy Road signing with Inspired News was not going to happen. Obviously, they did that just to get Cody Rhodes. That is understandable. Madison Rain, she basically is being replaced by Gail Kim uh, in her position. That is probably what happened. And that is okay because obviously Gail Kim is retiring from the ring and she's now on a backstage role. As for Magnus, it is bad to see him go, but I uh, I think he just came in just to drop the belt, nothing else. And Matt Morgan, I think he's in good terms with the company because I saw him doing the whole charity stuff Impact was doing. So I guess he, he still have a big, I guess, uh, contact with the company. As for the ten percent, BQ was talking about that on his on his offshoot that he's doing like a little blocks. Apparently, he talked to someone like within the company, and the whole ten percent is basically as as change between travel. So GFW is gonna pay for travel if it is a certain miles, and you're gonna get ten percent of their booking. So I see that as a good business decision, obviously, because you can write up the traveling expenses to the at the end of the year by the IRS and that, but all that good stuff. And as for the merchandise, he he was talking about they are getting paid like a lump sum. I I, I don't also see it as that bad because they all the wrestlers have pro wrestling fees, including Jeff Jarrett. So the main amount of money and the best merchandise, basically most of the time is on wrestling fees that come. So I I, I don't see the whole thing as that bad. I just see them as just avoiding making a lot of transitions. Therefore, it is less likely for paychecks to be late, and I think that that's good. I'd rather have people getting paid early than late. Go ahead, Raven. Yeah, like the merchandising thing, man. I, the, if the story came out, I mean, I got some, um, I got some, some mixing things on it. I'm not going to touch it right now. Uh, you know, they're, they're, Ed, Ed Nordholm's kind of fucking gangster, man, like, for real. Like, this dude, He's kind of gangster with it, and uh, like there, there was talk, you know, like Jeff Jarrett may cut him out of the money. I don't, I, dude, I don't think anyone. I think Ed Norton cut everyone out at some point. Like Ed, Ed's fucking gangster with it, but I look, I, just talking about the thing, man. Like Brandy, yeah, she she was brought in to bring Cody in. Um, you know, she Pearl says she wasn't very good in the ring. That's probably an understatement. Uh, okay, it is an understatement. She's a gorgeous girl, um, you know, nothing against her, but, you know, I didn't expect that. Uh, the Madison one may be quite the shocker. I mean, she was doing a creative thing. She hasn't been in the ring in a while. Uh, I enjoyed Madison a lot, her almost her entire career, um, despite what some people may say. <coughs> Ask me nine. Um, but, uh, look, man, the, the two that bother me, you know, is Matt Morgan and Magnus, for one. I mean, I don't, I don't see the point that, the, that they brought Matt Morgan in for. I really don't. Um, I'm a Matt Morgan fan. Uh, I think the dude, like, if you look at that guy, man, I mean, the dude's a fucking, he looks like a star. 
Uh, I'm kind of surprised he never elevated himself. I was talking about the 2013 Slammiversary, uh, you know, when he stole Hogan's robe, and he, he, got, he came on to be that guy to, to challenge Billy Ray for that belt, uh, and he, he got put in that god-awful-looking scorpion by, by a very old thing. Uh, it just looked terrible. Man, Matt, Matt Morgan was so hot at that time, um, and I really think they should have capitalized on that, and, and they just dropped the ball. Uh, and I think they, they put him with Joey Ryan shortly after, just randomly. It just I think I think Morgan could have been a star there. Uh, you know, they put him in those main events with Anderson back in the days. They kind of fucking flopped. I, they sucked. Um, but I, more, I'm disappointed, man. I want to see Morgan come back. Uh, I, I think they were still a run on him. Magnus, like that one sucks too. The guy's still young. Uh, he's great. He's a former champ. I, I get why they want to, especially now. You know, knowing what we know now. Um, they definitely brought him in to at least drop the belt. At least he was a good spirit and did that. Uh, I don't know what the point in kind of keeping him around was. Uh, you know, like having that angle of storm and EC3 where he almost got the the, the fucking shot to go to Slammiversary and shit. Uh, it just, why put him in that? And, I mean, like, write these guys off of TV. Like, for real. Have them put someone over big. If you're just going to fucking waste that, you know, like, that, that's stuff that kind of irritates me. Uh, you know, I, I expected more with wrestling people, but... I'm disappointed to see them go. I'd like to see at least Morgan and uh, Magnus come back at some time. I, I would really like to see that. But uh, I, I guess we'll move on. Um, so someone I really want to see in GFW, who I've been seeing this for a while now, uh, Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. John Morrison, uh, at one point Johnny Nitro, uh, at one point where the fuck his name was on Tough Enough, probably his real name, uh, him and Taya, I don't know much about her, but she's been uh, all about the GFW the past few weeks. Um, and then apparently, I don't know if it's work or not, but she apparently quit Lucha Underground AAA or whatnot, uh, over Sexy Star or whatnot. Um, so they are at the shows that Kyle is going to. Uh, they're going to be at the GFW house shows working. Um, doesn't mean they're coming on to the program. I hope it does mean that it's going to happen at some point, um, especially Johnny Mundo. But uh, hey, big things, man. Um, Guy, uh, we'll, we'll go to Rob. Your thoughts on these guys doing the house show with GFW here next week or two? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is good. He has improved a lot. I think he legit quit Triple uh, A. He ended up uh, giving all the belt to to him. It was it was that was a dumb decision by Triple A. They put him like the cruiserweight title, the mid-card title, and the heavyweight title, and then they decided to do, uh, like, a mess of stuff with his girlfriend. That's a dumb decision right there. But he's the winner of, of Impact. I hope this is doesn't kind of ruffle the feathers between GSW and Impact. But it is what it is. I am happy. And she is very a very talented uh, female performer. So that is a a win uh, both ways. Probably that is an improvement over Cody and Brandy, and also an improvement improvement over Mike Bennett and Maria. So I'm all for that. Go ahead, Raven. Yeah, um, I'm very excited for John Morrison to. Uh, at least work the house shows, it definitely looks like he's going to sign with GFW once his Lucha Underground 
slash triple. Well, I think he's done with triple A, but I do know that Lucha Underground, they have to wait until this current season is over with. And then after that, they have a 90-day no-compete clause. So it definitely looks like um, John Morrison, by the beginning of 2018, he should be with GFW. Um, It's a very good get. The guy can work. He can do X Division stuff. He can do heavyweight stuff. He can do tag team all over the map. He's just a uh, multi-facet wrestler, and he will – definitely fit in well with the GFW roster. So um, I think it'll be good. Uh, Taya, I saw some of her stuff on Lucha Underground. She she can work too. She'll be a, a, a really good get for the knockouts division. Um, I'm very excited for this move. Yeah, I, like I am too, man. Um, like Taya, I don't know much about her. Um, I know she's not Molina. Uh, that's who I knew Morrison to be with last. Uh, she's probably better news than uh, Molina is, at least as far as, you know, the toxic relationships we can talk about uh, pretty soon, of course. Um, but I, I don't know much about her. I, like I, I've said a couple times, like, I couldn't get into Lucha. I tried. Um, I do not knock the wrestling at all. I enjoyed the wrestling a lot. Um, but, like, Morrison, I know. Uh, or Mundo. I'll call him Mundo now because, you know, he's out of that shitty company. But, like, man, you do a Jim Morrison gimmick, you're going to kind of win me over a little bit. Uh, but, Dude, I've always been a fan of this guy. Um, he's been kind of like the one guy from uh, Lucha Underground that I've, I really wanted to see come over. Uh, and I know a lot of people will say, and I, I've heard it multiple times, like there's there's a lot better performers in uh, Lucha Underground than, than Morrison. And, and I'm sure there is. Uh, maybe there is. Uh, but this dude's amazing, for one. He's a, he's a fucking incredible wrestler and athlete. Um, but, like, me, like plenty of other people out there, we, we don't know that much about Lucha. And that's the thing. We don't know too many of these people. People know John Morrison, and, and look, he's he's not like gonna put a bunch of asses in seats. But this is what this is what I try and say, man. Um, like when I first knew about TNA, and I, I would kind of order those weekly shows and stuff, and and try and get into it. Like um, the thing that like there was DDP, there was Jeff Jarrett, there was Raven, there was Sandman, there was Sabu. There were guys that I was a fan of that I enjoyed watching, that I, I was happy to continue seeing. And that's how I learned, you know, that's how I got into AJ. That's how I knew about, uh, you know, AMW. That's how I saw Christopher Daniels. That's how I saw Chris Saban, P.D. Williams, all that. You know, that's, that's, that's what needs to be done. You know, you see uh, there's, there's John Morrison's back. Uh, there's Alberto Del Rio. There's uh, Evan Bourne. There's, you know, there, there's people that, like, if you try and watch, okay, like, I enjoyed them a lot. You know, let's, it'll keep them on there, uh, and let's see how it goes. I think, um, like, I always say this. The Miz and the Morrison were that tag team, or Miz and Morrison were that tag team, and for some reason, they chose them, like, they saw more in the Miz than Morrison. I, I've never understood that. I think it's just ridiculous. And, and like, apparently the reason was Vince McMahon didn't think uh, John Morrison could kick anyone's ass. Really, like, but the Miz could. Like, I would beat the shit out of the Miz. Um, Morrison, I see this fucking good-looking dude who's chiseled as fuck and uh, doing, like, all these crazy acrobatic things and, like, all that agility. Dude, that man will beat my ass. Um, He's a, he's a good wrestler. He really is. Uh, he can do the X Division like Curl says. I think that's maybe where they start him. Um, I, I don't – like, he got some cha- title shots in uh, WWE, and I think, like, there's people that have been world champ WWE that he was much better than, uh, including the Miz. But, um, like, I, I don't want to see him go to the main event, like, right away. But, I mean, I, I, I could see it happening at some point, you know, and I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, if you look at how uh, Matt, Matt Seidel's getting pushed uh, right now, you know, it's like – I would be, I would buy into Morrison or Mundo, whatever we're going to call him at some point in there. Uh, I would buy into him 
a lot more than I would at Matt Seidel right now as far as, like, top of the card. And uh, I hope to God, like, they do bring this guy in. Um, I mean, I wish I could go to these house shows, see what he's doing. But, I mean, you think about the possibilities with the X Division, some of the guys in there, it's, just, it's going to be off the hook. And uh, he's a guy that can definitely go up the card as well. Uh, I don't know if anyone has anything else they want to chime in before we go to the next story. Yes, Go ahead. I'm right. good. Okay, so um, I don't know much about these guys at all. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things on Impact Asylum. Uh, I've like literally, I've heard these guys plug for a while now. Uh, I think MSTKI was probably the, uh, the the culprit that kind of started this, but uh, I think it's Jake and Dave Chris. Uh, I could be wrong on the names, but um, OI4K uh, tag team being signed with Impact or GFW. So this company needs tag teams a lot. I've heard a lot of great things about these. I believe they're. Um, Irish tag team, but look, fuck, we need tag teams really bad. So, they're, uh, Boris has apparently confirmed that they're filming Big Nets to make their debut. I'm excited. I got nothing else to say. Just happy to see a tag team and see what the hype is. Uh, Robert, anything? Yeah, I'm good. I, I'm not that familiar, but from the clips that I saw, they, they look good. And obviously, we need more tag teams on running for wrestling. Yeah, uh, Ohio is for killers is what that uh, spells out in case anyone was uh, curious as they don't, is that they don't a watch the Indies. Yeah, yeah uh, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Hot well, they would... All right, sorry, Harold, go, buddy. Nope, that's that's fine. Um, I, I actually watched a best of video just to kind of get familiar with them, and uh, some of the, the moves they do are really cool. Um, I'm hoping that they bring some of that to impact because they look very solid in the ring and they're very creative. Uh, a lot of the moves I've never seen before, some of the stuff they tried. So um, I'm look, I'm very excited for them. Uh, I hope we get Reno Scumback. I hope we see some more um, BOW. And I hope we can get this tag team division out of the little slump that they're in right now just because of the whole injuries to a lot of the different teams. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to these guys coming in. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, like, I want to see tag team wrestling pick up, just like you. I mean, that, that was one of the tables that really made this company when it started, in my opinion. Uh, and I'm glad, Hurls, I'm glad you, you say you want to see more VOW, man, because apparently you and me are the only two fucking people on the planet that is actually kind of enjoying these guys. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Um, look, we're excited about this thing. I, I'm not going to vouch for you two. You can vouch on your own. One signing I'm not fucking excited about. Uh, so Conan has confirmed that a guy named El Torito is signed with uh, with GFW. So I really didn't know much, but uh, apparently he feuded with Hornswoggle, a.k.a. Swoggle, in the WWE. So, yeah, it, it's a midget. Um, I said it last week. I'll say it again. What the fuck? Or what's the fucking point? What does this attract? It's, it's been done so many times. It never brings in a market. It never brings in an audience. It never brings in viewers. It, it, there's nothing about this that is going to draw or, or, or make your company look legitimate. Or there, There's nothing. There's no point in this. And, and not knocking anyone for being a midget. I'm sorry that happened to you, man. Like, that sucks. It, it's got to suck, and I'm sorry. Um, but you know what? I hope I just don't fucking job Rockstar spit out to this guy next. But, you know, Robert, I'll, I'll let you start, man. Yeah, I, I think th- I, this is kind of, how can I put it? Mm, 
not not a good uh, idea, especially for the mainstream audience. That is one thing that I am kind of scared because at this moment in time, in wrestling, obviously, they are looking to expand their Hispanic base, and you can see by the people they are booking. However, the audience are not interchangeable, and a lot of things don't end up uh, translating. Let me give you an example from, from the past, from the uh, throwback, right? Uh, you guys remember 2008, there was a feud between Booker T and a referee who was a blonde short referee, Shane Shewells, right? Thanks. That guy mm-hmm. was the, yeah, he was the top babyface from here, Puerto Rico. Guess what? He didn't translate to the mainstream audience, and the feud went flat. That is my fear when it comes down to this kind of more regional stuff. The meanings get over big time on Mexico, but that doesn't translate. It is what it is, but I, I, I'm not a big fan uh, of it, to, to be honest. I, I'm okay with this only if they actually start a mini division. They've been bringing in some new mini wrestlers like Demas. Um, I think it was Octagon Cito. They brought him in. Um, I'm okay if they can actually build a division with a title belt. I'd be okay with it. Um, you know, because then you can actually use Swoggle and you can use El Torito in different matchups and feuds. I think that would actually be, you know, a decent thing for Impact to do. I just don't want to see guys get, you know, used incorrectly because they lose to a mini wrestler. I don't mind the multi-tag team matches that, you know, we saw this past week on Impact, which we'll talk about later. But um, as long as if they're serious about building a mini division, I am definitely okay with them bringing El Torito because he's definitely one of the more popular uh, mini wrestlers there is in the in the globe. And he was popular even before he got to WWE. So um, if they are going to bring him in because of this, I'm all for it. If they're only going to bring him in just to feud with Horner, just to feud with Swoggle and beat Rockstar Spud, I'm not really feeling that. Um, Harold, you, I mean, like, I understand what you're saying, and you make a good point there. Um, but I, I guess for me, like, my point is the last fucking thing I want to see is is a minis division uh, where, where there's focus, where there where there's time, where there's belt and all that. Man, I just, I mean, they've they've done this stuff, so it's been proven that it's not doing anything in wrestling for years. I mean, if it didn't work in the WWF, you know, back in the days, I mean, how the fuck is it gonna work now? Um, like like the midget wrestling thing. I mean, it's it's like it's comical. It is. I mean, like you go to like cheap fucking bars, man. Like they can bring in midget wrestling. Like I lived in this, like literally this, this tiny shithole. Uh, like like the worst town in the state of Oregon, Klamath Falls, Oregon, is where I'm from. I don't live there anymore. Uh, like little cheap fucking clubs, man, could bring in like midget wrestling. Like it happened twice. Like my buddy was running one. They didn't have a lot of money and shit, but they could afford like midget wrestling. Sorry, there's a plane crossing over me. Um, but I'm like, it just. Dude, it doesn't translate. Like, people go and watch it to, like, laugh one night. Like, it, you don't want to see this shit on TV all the time. It, it, it's something that you laugh at. It's not serious. 
There's no one that's going to, like, it's not going to move any needles. It's not going to increase any viewers. Um, you know, I mean, like, pushing someone like Eli Drake or, or creating your tag teams or putting more knockouts on or just pushing a new wrestler like the X Division instead we're putting a fucking midget wrestling match on. I mean, that's my point. Um, and, and, you know, Harold's like, yeah, okay, if that's what they're going to do, that's that's cool and that's fine. But, I mean, why why put the money, the time, and the investment in there uh, to make that happen is what I'm saying. Um, uh, we can move on. Uh, I don't have anything more to say. Like, I don't know if uh, anyone wants to chime in on that before we move on. But, I mean, that's, that's my take, and we'll go to the next story unless someone else wants to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. All right, guys. Um, so, uh, the big story last week, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about here. Uh, the Alberto Albatron was suspended uh, upon investigation into this domestic violence thing. Um, we did mention and make light on the show last week that uh, on the audio, it, it was it sounded like Paige hit Alberto, not the other way around. Um, so, guys, the investigation happened, and uh, Paige, is charged with domestic violence. Alberto Albatron not charged with anything. Um, have to assume the suspension is dropped. Alberto found innocent. Uh, our champion was not beating his girlfriend uh, at all, fiance, whatever you want to call her. Um, toxic relationship, man. Um, I mean, I, I don't, uh, look, I, I'll just say this and I'll let you guys go because um, I don't have much to say in it. But, you know, there were people last week that were saying this is bullshit that uh, TFW is not acknowledging what Alberto did on the air or what's going on. Why the fuck would they? Uh, why would they say the air champion suspended because he beat a woman? Um, this is the point I was trying to tell everyone. We don't fucking know. Why go out there and commit suicide uh, to your company when, when you don't know the details? Um, so everyone that was out there on Twitter and saying, like, this is fucked up at GFW to do, like, even our own fan base. No. Point proven, man. Um, we didn't know the details. People were just trying to say Alberto was bad. Um, look, I, I think it's a terrible situation, and I, I still don't think he should be the champ. I think there's a lot of potential for some shit to go wrong there. Uh, being in someone who's been in a toxic marriage for six years of my life or a relationship for six of my life, years of my life, man, they bring out the worst in you. Uh, and But just, look, our champion's clear. Suspension's over. Uh, we can move forward. And, uh, yeah, like anyone out there that was saying, like, WWE wouldn't have done this or whatever, uh, and, you know, shitting on, shitting on GFW for uh, having a white feeder as champ or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so the WWE fans and, and the dirt sheets out there, uh, Vince tried to pay Deborah to shut the fuck up about what Stone Cold was doing to her um, and all these companies like KHIC that was bashing GFW. I don't see you doing that to WWE, so move on. Uh, Alberto, Pearl, Fox? Um, I was just kind of, when the, when I heard this story, I was just kind of in the mindset, well, well, we'll wait and see until the investigation is over with. I wasn't going to judge the guy from what we heard on the dirt sheets. so. Um, he's innocent, lift the suspension, and move on with the storyline. That's all I really have to say about this. I find the, the whole thing hilarious. Like, people were, like, accusing him, putting all sorts of conspiracy theories and uh, how much infrared wrestling hated women and blah, blah, blah. And guess what? Unbelto was, uh, it is not guilty. Alberto did nothing wrong. So, and you and you see the the difference between in in the kind of announcement that they did, right? They reported 
the original story, and it was all over the Internet. Once it was found that he did nothing wrong, Alberto Patron did nothing wrong, or at least at that moment, guess what? Cricket, silence. All the people saying, fire Alberto Patron, and blah, 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 got proven wrong. So if you are proven wrong, you should at least make sure that, hey, I got this one wrong, therefore I am on the wrong side of history. Hopefully, I'm still in favor of them taking the title of him just in case he 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 kind of blow up. But he kind of, I'm happy to hear that, that he was found innocent, at least on that incident that happened on the on the airport. And by the way, I think that the, the whole thing between Paige and Alberto, I think that is a two-way street. It is clear as daylight, but that is not my business. That is their business, and let that let that stuff be in that in that neighborhood. That is not my neighborhood. Go ahead, Raven. Yeah, no doubt. Um, look, uh, and I know you said you're happy Alberto got clear. I want to say that I'm happy Alberto didn't hit a woman. I mean, just Alberto, like, look, I'm I'm. It's not just because he's a GFW roster guy or our world champ right now, but I mean, look. For not hitting a woman, but I mean, a woman can hit a guy, you know, like, and he didn't hit back, um, you know. So I mean, props to that, uh, for real. Props to that. Um, I've been hit by a woman multiple times. Uh, look, one time I, I fucking broke up a fight between my friend and another guy before the fight happened. I took two right hooks from some chick, didn't even hit her back. Had no idea who the bitch was. Uh, his girlfriend, like, thought I was in there to jump or something. I don't know. Um, I'm just saying, like, good for Alberto doing the right thing. Uh, and, and not doing that. Um, and like, the one thing I just want to point out, guys, uh, and, and I'm gonna, I shouldn't do this because I should move on. And it's irrelevant. But um, Raj Gary, the, the guy who runs fucking uh, wrestling, Inc., like I saw a thing where he, they were doing a press conference with Borash, and the fucking guy, like the way he words the question is to like make it sound like Alberto's guilty, and he brings it up to, to Borash, you know, to just make it smear it. And, like I just want to say, Raj Wrestling Inc., fuck you. You guys are the biggest sex of shit. Like your, your site is just so anti-DFW and so fucking just up WWE's ass and you do so much to try and bash it. And I just want to say such a dick. Um, so, speaking of, uh, look, um, knockout. Rob, last week on the show you said that you would hope that Gail Kim would become an agent for GFW when she was done wrestling. Um, hey, you were right, man. Uh, I think it's fucking fantastic news. I mean, best women's wrestler ever, in my opinion. Uh, now the uh, she's going to be an agent for the knockouts. And now uh, rumor, or not rumor, has been confirmed that uh, two new knockouts have been signed to the company. Um, I, I guess there's been a lot of clues and I haven't been able to follow, um, and I'm not going to go off of it. Uh, I, 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 look, we need new knockouts too. We really do, knockouts and tag teams. Um, I don't know who it is. Apparently it's never been someone with WWE before. I don't know if this Tiger Girl is one of them. Um, and I'm not going to say who I want because I really don't know indie wrestling or indie rest or female wrestlers even more. Um, the one person I want to see come in for a while is Veda Scott. I hope that's who it is. Um, I don't, she's not that great of a wrestler. Um, she's okay. I, I see her more of as a manager type and someone who could be big in a managerial role. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's my thoughts. I have nothing more to say. Hurl, I'll go to you. Um. There's a lot of options for me. Um, so if they had, if they've never been in WWE, um, that'd be awesome if it would be Vedic Scott. I would 
definitely be up for that. Um, I'd hope Santana Garrett would come back, but I don't. I know she was just in the WWE Women's Tournament, um, so I don't. I don't know if that's going to happen. But um, yeah, we definitely need new knockouts. We need them very badly right now. So uh, whoever it is. Uh, the way GFW has been bringing in some new talent, I think they're going to be good for the knockouts division. So I can't wait to see who it is. And, um, yeah, that's all I really got to say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, before Rob takes that, I, just, I actually did mention say when I thought about this earlier, and I kind of blanked it, Santana Garrett was the other name that I kind of hoped. So I have it Santana and Veda, that, that, but whoever I'll take. Uh, Rob, it's all you, buddy. Yeah, uh, I've I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, Conan is also saying that they're gonna. He's trying to push to bring in like Mexican female wrestlers to the talent. So that that I I think that could be something that could add a little bit of more flavor because I, I don't think we have seen like lucha libre style female at least on Impact, and that could be. Interesting, and I'm looking forward to to the new people getting in. However, uh, they need to make sure that they have time for them and be more have a little bit more discipline when it comes down to time management. That is kind of a right that I have with the current. Impact products, but I'm still I'm still hopeful, and things are are getting good on GFW. Go ahead. Yeah, and I guess apparently they're like well-known enough names. Um, and it, it, yeah, I mean, look, time management that that, that is kind of an issue. Um, like, and I think the knockouts kind of been shafted on time more than anyone else, uh, as far as that goes, as far as like length of matches and stuff. Uh, and again, you know, mini's division when we could give that time to, let's say, Rosemary, Allie, uh, Gail, Sienna, whoever, you know, girls that go out there and bust their butt. Um, and like, I don't know if it counts as being in the WWE or not, but as far as names, uh, I would love to see that. Uh, Eva Lee's the Les girl. I thought she was awesome. Uh, I loved her in Lucha from what I saw. Um, you know, that, that was a mistake that they should have signed instead of Lady Tapa back in the days. But I uh, don't know if that counts. But um, look, speaking of Lucha, um, Robbie kind of broke the news live on the site last week, or live on the show last week, but uh, a contract was handed to oh, Ray Ray, Ray Mysterio, um, from Karen Jarrett. We don't know if it's signed or not. Uh, word is Conan, his BFF, you know, Conan was in on the negotiation. I, I, I understand he's got to finish up with Lucha. Uh, I don't know how long season three goes for, and then there's that 90-day compete clause. Uh, you know, I've been saying for weeks since we did the Simonversary show, I've been predicting Mysterio. Um, you know, I... I, I hope that this happens. Um, all I'm going to say, man, because like, I've talked it so much, I just, Ray, to me, like, I was always a fan of the guy, um, and I, I stopped. Like, when the guy won the title, man, like, it was the only IWC shit I ever did was, like, as soon as my, my guy won the belt, I kind of turned against him. Um, it was because, like, he was just so for kids, you know, and, and that, it just, in the WWE way, uh, it's just so kiddy. I just, I got fucking burnt out on the guy. Um, fantastic wrestler. I mean, one of the best cruiserweight wrestlers ever. Uh, they made him a world champion twice. Um, I just I want to see fucking filthy animals gangster Ray Ray. I want to see him come back heel. I want to see him being with LAX Conan. Like that's what I want to see. I want to see a different personality. I just want to see him just wipe that shit away. Um, he guy's a fantastic wrestler. Uh, you know he's 
he's small. He's been wrestling since he was like 15 or six, like some unreal shit. Um, you know, obviously don't expect the Ray of WCW, like if he didn't watch WWE or WWF like that, like GFW dude. GFW dude never watched him in, in the other company. Um, you know, you're not going to see that. I mean, he's had uh, injuries and stuff. Like the only thing, man, the only thing that I don't want to see um, more than him do the kitty thing is I, I don't want to see him feud with Alberto because I saw that shit in WWE so fucking much. It just, please don't go down that route. Um, and don't let it headline bound for glory or pay-per-view by any means. Uh, but I don't want to see the guy win the world title, man. I just don't. Um, you get add some cred to the belt, but I, I just don't. I don't want to see it. Like, he was never the champ to me. Like, he was too small. Uh, and now you, you take age, uh, injuries, and all that. I just, it's not what I want to see, but I really want to see the guy in the company. Uh, Rob, I'll go to you. I, I, I am happy to hear that news, obviously. Uh, by the way, Conan was talking on his Spanish podcast, and he's like the one of the managers when it comes down to negotiations. So he, he kind of hinted that it is more likely, likely for him to be part of DSW that be part of World Wrestling Entertainment due to what they were offering Ray. So they take that for for just a hint. So I, I I obviously don't want to see him like the world champion, but I think he could be in the main event, especially during the the main event scene that we have right now. He would fit perfectly, and Alberto Patron name dropping him during the show kind of hinted at that. Go ahead, heard it. Um, I, I'd be totally for, uh, Ray signing. Um, he, he's a big name. Um, he'd bring a lot of big fan base. Uh, I loved his stuff in WCW. Um, his stuff in WWE was, I guess, good in the fact that he finally got a main event push. Um, cause he never really got that in WCW, but I liked his character more in WCW. So if he comes to GFW, Obviously, he's going to be a big name. He's going to be a main eventer. He might he might tinker around in the X division a little bit, but I think he would come in to do some big feuds, and uh, he'd have some great matches with some of the X division stars. So I'm all for Rey Mysterio coming in. The only thing I will say is I do know that WWE is also interested in him, so there may become a bidding war for him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which one he picks, but I actually do feel confident that GFW can get him just with the fact that El Patron is there and Conan as well. Yeah, I mean, of course, the, the, the WWE, of course, wants him. Um, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't even need to say the reasons because there's multiple reasons why. I mean, none of them too positive, uh, you know, but that's why they want to do it. Like, uh, here, the Conan factor, I think, is uh, is going to be a big deal uh, with Ray. I I think there is a small chance maybe maybe we will come through. Um, the Conan factor, I think, is, is the big key. And uh, you know, there, there's there's rumors with Conan the crash that, that he's getting irritated or whatnot. You know, and there there might be some sort of blood or beef going on. Uh, keep Conan happy. I mean, seriously, uh, LAX is fucking over as fuck. Um, Garza and Laredo Kid, I love seeing. Uh, you know, the dudes. 
he's got connections. You know, he, he can do a lot of positive, man. If he can bring in Mysterio, I think he can probably gain some more viewers that way, to be honest. Uh, so don't fuck up the Conan relationship. As uh, hard as that guy may be to work with at times from rumors, you know, don't fuck it up. Uh, so we're almost done with uh, the news. Um, if you're like me, I, I think curls, you know, uh, we, we like our collection. Um, so uh, Shop Impact, I think it's still called Shop Impact. I don't know, really. Um, but finally, man, we got some uh, new DVDs. It's not Bound for Glory from last year, which I'd like to see. But uh, I'm happy as fuck to see One Night Only Live from last year, 2016, is now out on DVD. You can purchase it there. Uh, and then there was uh, Joker's Wild and Rivals from last year that came out. Um, I can't remember if it was Joker's Wild last year that was, like, an abomination. Uh, it was terrible, but I, I'm normally a real big fan of Joker's Wild. The Rivals card from last year, I actually watched this. Um, I didn't pay for it. I watched it on my uh, on my fire stick, and I, I actually really liked the Rivals show. Um, Bram and Mr. Anderson actually main evented. Um, but it was a good show. I, I, I enjoyed that. I'm definitely going to be purchasing the one I'd only live. Um, Hurl's thoughts on uh, actually getting some new DVDs. Um, you know, I don't collect them all, but there's a, quite a few that I do buy. Obviously, I buy the Bound for Glory and Slammiversary and the One Night Only Lies. I always get the Joker's Wild, too, because those are always generally fun shows, except for the one that you were talking about. Um, I believe that was the one that didn't actually air. It only aired over in the UK. Um, but... Nonetheless, yeah, I'm excited that they're, they've added these new um, one-night-onlys. Um, I also want to say, too, that the total, uh, I think it's still, I don't know if it's still called Total TNA Access, but um, I actually was looking on my Xbox One, and you can actually buy it on Xbox One, even if you're not from the UK or Ireland. So I'm thinking about possibly getting that. Um, I, I don't know if uh, GFW knows that this happened, but uh, it says I'm able to buy it on my Xbox One. So um, just kind of wanted to throw that out there, but I'm very happy for the DVD. So. Did uh, that Joker's Wild, did, did Galloway win that one? Was that who won last year? Was it Bennett? Do you remember? I think it was, yeah, I think it was be- between Galloway and Bennett, but there was one before that, that they never aired. I don't know why, but they did another one that they aired. They never aired. It was only in the UK. I think it was Joker's huh. Wild 3. Joker's Wild 3, I think, they never aired. Huh. Interesting. I actually didn't know that. Um, and I'm looking here before we go to Rob. Um, I don't know if these two are new, like the DVDs, but I have to assume the Super X Cut t-shirt is new. Um, and I think, I don't know if this is the original, uh, LAX 5150, that's brand new that just came back out. I know Rob was actually talking about that earlier, but uh, those are now available on uh, shop M- shoptna.com is what it still says here. But, uh, Rob, I'll go to you on this one, and then uh, we'll move on to the last story. So, yeah, things things are, are are getting more updated, at least on the shop impact side of things, and, and that is a good sign. That means they care about their website, and they care about making money. Therefore, that that is a good running operation, and that is that is always good news to to have around. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 
And now, look, I, this was supposed to be the end of our news. However, um, Rob, I'm actually going to go back to you to, to give the info out on this one. Uh, you said that you had heard something about uh, Diamante or Diamante needing surgery uh, and, and something else. So if you want to go ahead and throw that so, one out there, we will go on that, and then we'll move on to Impact. So let's, let's talk about Conan Podcast. He has, like, a podcast on English, and he has a Spanish version. And he was talking about Diamante, and he stated that she needed, like, big-time surgery, and it looks a lot worse than he thought at the beginning. Therefore, he's looking to replace her. And in his work, he said that he is going to bring someone who is known by the mainstream wrestling audience. Probably someone from Lucha Underground. I think I might have an idea, but I don't wanna wanna make people, let's say, be excited and not delivery. But it is what it is, and he's also pushing to bring in two more talent from the Crash promotion. He's talking about bringing in a heavyweight and bringing a female talent. So. That is what he's pitching to GFW. That doesn't mean that it's obviously it's going to happen because he, he doesn't run the company. But he's, he's trying to bring in more people from his crew and use some of the GFW talent back in Mexico, who, by the way, he's drawing pretty good uh, size of, of, of people. And especially knowing that his company is just starting out. They're bringing a lot of people in into their their shows, and, and that is a good association that Impact did with the Crash and Conan. Um, Girl, the, yeah, well, I don't think the person that you're thinking of has the initials of SS because... Uh, I know Taya does not get along with that uh, particular person, at least from the whole blow-up that happened in AAA. Um, I also wanted to add that Abyss is possibly going to be getting a new look soon, so uh, look out for that as well. Huh. It's not the uh, Stephen Jessup Park look, I take it, huh? Yeah, he, he, he... posted on Twitter that uh, he's in the midst of creating a new look um, and he posted a picture of a white mask. Hmm. All right. I wasn't sure if we kind of seen the end of Abyss except for some really rare occasions, but uh, good to know. Um, I actually, I'll be honest, I, uh, I kind of went off for a little second and I got the SS thing. I actually, uh, it went over my head, so I don't even know what you're talking about there, but uh, look, I will say Diamante, man, I, I've been waiting to see this girl in the ring. Very disappointing to hear. Uh, I think she would really be shaking things up right now. Uh, I loved everything I've seen out of her. She is fucking over, like, already. Um, and, and as far as this crash stuff goes about him trying to bring in a female performer and a heavyweight, I mean, look, uh, let's just keep it real. Like, um, I kind of think they should. Like, like, they should give Crash more than just Gars and Laredo Kid. I mean, look, Conan, to be cool enough to let the, the AAA thing go down, without rising hell, uh, you know, causing problems with it. I mean, 
they're they're bringing a lot more guys in there, and I, from what I understand, Triple A's got a lot more talent than than Crash does. But like, I mean, I, I think they kind of owe it to the guy. Um, I mean, our roster's kind of full right now, to be honest. Uh, but I mean, look, we need to knock out some tag teams for real. We do, um, and you know, that's uh, hopefully they do it. So we're gonna move on to Impact. Uh, I'm literally gonna be for like this one match segment, and uh, I was gonna say a couple things. I'll be off the air, and uh, Hurls and Robert are gonna kick it. I'm going to go finish Impact. I got Sienna paused on my screen for God knows how long, but uh, we had the Super X Cup just kick it off. It was Drago against Sammy Guevara. Uh, I've been waiting to see this Sammy Guevara guy for a while. Heard a lot about him. Uh, I was impressed with both guys, man. I really was. Um, this kid's got a bright future. Uh, apparently, he's playing the heel. He kind of got, you know, he's kind of got a little uh, cocky, arrogant thing to him that kind of works as a heel. Um, it, it was very entertaining. I'm enjoying the Super X Cup. Uh, Drago, of course, I kind of expect him to get the push uh, and get that win there um, you know, with the with the Triple A thing and him being big and Lucha. Uh, and, and they did that fucking big nap with the guy where he's like from a different universe. I mean, they, they kind of went with the Lucha Underground thing there, uh, which I thought was a little bit weird, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's good that they're doing that to kind of get the talent over and giving them a backstory, but, uh, you know, it was impressive. Uh, Super x I'm a fan of. I am going to, uh, I guess I'll go to Hurl. Uh, let him kind of run things from here. But, look, uh, Hillcast Nation, I want to say thank you very much this week. Hopefully I will be back next week. Uh, Rob, thank you for all that you're doing. Pearl, good to have you back. Uh, enjoy the rest of the show, guys. Watch Impact this week. Daniel Cormier going to beat John Jones. Yeah, I'm out. All right, be out. Love you. All right. Um, I thought the Drago versus Sammy Guevara match was pretty good. Um, it wasn't as fluid as some of the other Super X Cup matches that we've seen, but I'm a really big fan of Drago. Um, I really like his gimmick, so to speak. I, I like that, you know, he's from a different universe. I like the fact that he's got the long tongue to kind of add to that. Um, but I was very impressed with Sammy Guevara, too. He showed a lot of athleticism, did some really cool high moves. Um, but Ultimately, I think, you know, it was the right call to get Drago the win here because he's been around for a while, and I know a lot of fans know him from Lucha Underground and AAA. So I enjoyed the match, and I'm definitely okay with Drago winning because I'm a huge fan. What did you think, Robert, of this match? Yeah, first thing first, I enjoyed the opening that they did, like the video package. But the thing that kind of was weird, and I was kind of impressed that uh, SK9 ended up uh, knowing about it, but the translation was from what he was saying and to the English language was all dead wrong, but that didn't matter at all. The match was really good on the short side of things, but this is what they wanted. They wanted a casting uh, show type of feel. And I have to put over Impact and their slow motion video that they did. That looked really good. And I want that to be like a stable of the show, taking advantage that Impact is pre-recorded. So, therefore, you can do those long slow motions. And that, that stuff looks really good, especially with the 630. And the right guy went over. Drago. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, next on Impact, we have Unified Knockouts Champion Sienna versus Amber Nova. We've seen Amber Nova a few other times, uh, but this match was basically a squash match. Sienna uh, just did some power moves to Amber Nova. Amber Nova really didn't have a chance. Uh, just kind of a match to get uh, Sienna over, in my opinion. Uh, I liked the whole kind of uh, beat down that you know Sienna gave Amber Nova, but uh, after the match, uh, after Sienna won with AK-47, Karen Jarrett came down there because Sienna uh, wanted Karen to bow down, basically, and admit that she greatest knockout of all time. Uh, Karen didn't refuse, and Allie came down and started to defend Karen. Um, basically, after Allie came down, Laurel Van Ness came and started attacking Allie, and Laurel Van Ness and Vienna were beating down Allie until Rosemary made the save, but Laurel Van Sienna took control, which then brought Gail Kim down to the ring. And that was just kind of mayhem after that. And then Karen Jarrett announced that next week we are going to have uh, Rosemary get her rematch at the knockouts title against Sienna in a last knockout standing. So that was announced by Karen. Uh, first, I got two questions for you, Robert. First, what did you think of the match between Sienna and Amber Nova? And then what did you think of the post-match shenanigans? I, I, are you in a place where it's raining? We edit this out. Matt. I'm sorry. Repeat, repeat that. You are in a place that is raining? No, I'm not actually. Um... Do, do you hear, like, noises in your side of uh, things? Um, a little bit, a little bit. Do you still hear it? Yeah, I hear a lot of noise. Uh, like raining noise. And, uh, ho- hopefully this is not like in the, uh, in the recording. Go go ahead and, and talk a little bit about the match before it. And I, and I move on with the, with the podcast. Go ahead. And sorry for that, man. I was just... I was just asking you, what did you think of the Sienna match with Amber Nova? And what did you think of the post-match scuffle between Sienna, Laurel Von Ness, Allie, Gail Kim, and Rosemary? And then also, what did you think of the announcement that Karen made that gave Rosemary the rematch against Sienna? Yeah, and... I don't know why they are booking Sienna on squash matches, but at least she's on TV. The champion is on TV. I'd rather have her be on TV than not being on TV. As for Karen Jarrett, she's not a likable person, to be honest, and I think she doesn't work as a baby face. I don't know if they, they are going to put her in the ring. And I, I, I would be Right, they they just put it, but they they put Borash in the ring, so that that that, that also happened. 
as for the match that they set up, that brought a big smile to my face, obviously, because ever since Islamiversary, we haven't got a lot of good stuff happening with the knockout match. And I think it would be good to have the rematch between Indiana and Rosemary being a last knockout match, something that I, I am looking forward to next, next weekend. Hopefully they, they can deliver with the match. As for Ali, I, I don't know what is going on with her. She's now with the pink uh, candlestick, but she seems to be lost in the shuffle. She needs, like, something. I don't know what she's missing, but she needs, like, uh, something that makes her... Like it stand out in the division. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Yeah, I I agree. Um, Allie has kind of gotten lost in the scuffle, and it's kind of hard, kind of weird right now what they're doing with Laura Lanette. Like it almost seems like she's going to turn face with this whole Grado thing, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I mean, Allie, she doesn't seem kind of floating around right now. It's, it's like you don't know whether to keep her feuding with Laurel Von S or move on to something different. So I'm hoping that, you know, eventually she will get to a feud again. Hopefully she'll get another chance at the knockout title. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, next week with Rosemary and Deanna. Um I do not read spoilers, so I don't know who know what's going to happen with that match but I think you know after next week we'll, we'll probably get a, a more clear picture uh, with, with what will happen with Nally. Okay um, next segment uh, they, uh, they show LAX um, holding Alberto El Patron's brother a hostage at the hideout and warns him that if El Patron doesn't join LAX there will be consequences. Um, so I, I also believe Bill Carlisle got uh, abducted as well and basically said that Alberto El Patron needs to join LAX or else there's going to be severe consequences. What did you think of the LAX clubhouse segment here with them abducting Alberto El Patron's brother and his dad? I think the segment came in really good on TV, and I think that that actually translated well between the meaning in obviously in the culture of Mexican wrestling and and the U.S. mainstream culture because the guy was being like forced into joining LAX, and obviously they're gonna be talking to his family and, and and saying things in order to make him be part of LAX and Alberto later down the line the well on the on the show and I think they brought in good heat in Conan kind of speaking the two languages was good because obviously he's good on the mic and you are also letting those caras know what's going on because I, as far as I know he doesn't speak 
that much English. My only little bit complaint about that is like I would like to see like uh, subtitles because I think that will get um, the mainstream audience a little bit more interesting because there are things that are said in ways that there is no like actual translation. So I think that would add a little bit of, of uh, a different flavor. Kind of like when TNA was teaching Sanada and Sanada was speaking here in Japanese and you could see like the what he was saying on the on the bottom. I think that could be the only addition that I would have done to that segment. But but either way, excellent job, excellent acting by LAX and obviously Conan killing it on the mic. Yeah, I agree. I thought the, the segment was really well done. Um, I think Conan was trying to do both. He was trying to do the push in Spanish. He probably said the same sentences uh, just so that, you know, if you, so Dokara could understand him, uh, but as well as the audience could understand him too. So I think that's why we had that. But um, it, it would probably add some touch if they could use the subtitles. Especially with the segment with Dolphara. Uh, then we had Richard approaching Trevor Lee, and he asked him why he stole Sanjay's Activision title belt. And then Trevor Lee says he never got his rematch for the title with Sanjay. Got then appeared, and then tried to take back his title, but security held him back. And Trevor Lee basically said that this is why I'm the better champion. And then we kind of got something interesting where Bruce Pritchard said, uh, hmm, maybe I see your point, and then he thanked Trevor Lee, and then he left. So where do you see this storyline going with Bruce Pritchard? It was kind of, I don't know if Bruce is turning heel, but where do you see this going? That is something that I I noticed. Uh, I'm... First thing first, I saw the show twice. I saw the Fight Network edition of the show and the Pop TV edition of the show. So they're cutting like stuff out of the Fight Network transmission and they don't air it on Pop TV. And one of the things that they did like a backstory was Dutch Mantel. And it appears like Dutch Mantel is like the main guy when it comes down to management on impact and he was saying like Bruce Pritchard is like a rogue rogue agent or something. He's doing whatever the hell he wants. So that kind of gave more context into the whole situation. That is the only segment out of the whole show that I didn't like a little bit was the whole Trevor Lee because I'm not a fan of the bad guys making sense in like in storylines. But however, I have to say this: ever since Sugar Chain Helms left Impact, Trevor Lee and his personality has come across a lot better on television, and that is something that he he was better for it than having him 
chained like an all. He was holding it down. Let's let's keep it real. Shane Helms was holding intentionally fairly down. But things are are picking up. At least they're doing something with the exhibition, something that they were kind of leaving it behind. I think this the storyline is not good. But I, I think they're at least trying something. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I'll have to check that out on YouTube. Maybe they did show that on YouTube. I did see the fight uh, TV broadcast so that I only watched the top one. But um, I generally check out the YouTube content. Um, I'm a little behind on it, so uh, I'll check it out. Maybe they'll show that uh, segment with Dutch. Uh, the next match that we had was a six-man tag. We had Trevor Lee um, teamed up with Idris Abraham and a mini wrestler named Demas, which we saw last week. Uh, they fought Laredo Kid, Garza Jr., and Octagon Zito. Um, and the winners of the match were Laredo Kid, Garza Jr., and Octagon Zito. What did you think of this six-man tag? I, I, I was amazed, especially on uh, on Garza Jr. Garza Jr. is really good. I want to see more of that guy on impact he has a lot of charisma and he had not talk actually in the mic. So once you put a microphone in front of him, he's gonna get over big time on the on the impact zone and that that is someone that could be another potential crossover star with the with crash and with Mexico. As for obviously Octagon Cito is 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 a piece Still, he's like, like wait, something years old. You still can go. Laredo Kid is really good. Trevor Lee, obviously, he's he's okay. Adris Abraham has like his own following of people, so he 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 does well when it comes to appeal at least on mine. And you see, like his YouTube numbers are 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 good. I I'm don't understand, I don't get it, but there are people who are fans of him. Good match, Lucha Libre, bringing that into impact. I think, I'm not that sure if that is going to translate, like having too much of that, obviously because we saw a Lucha Libre style match on Slammiversary, but it was not a bad match, and it, and it how can I put it? I, I'd rather see that style of match than a throwaway match and boring. It was not boring by any stretch of the imagination. I want to see someone within the homegrown impact talent do something against, like, the, the uh, not Mexican, uh, not talent, or against someone like let's say Carsa Junior. I think I, I think this whole thing could work a little bit better if they add a little bit of of seasoning but still I'm not gonna I'm not complaining about getting a lucha libre match on, on, on impact. But but there's there's something missing because some of the let's say more mainstream people want always like 
reason why things happening, and that is understandable. So uh, that could be the only kind of critique of this match. But outside of that, excellent match and excellent talent, and I want to see more of Darcy Jr. on Impact and on a bigger kind of a spot in Rome. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, um, I enjoyed this match a lot. Um, I'm very impressed with Daggers Abraham. I believe he's a product of Scott Moore's school, uh, which is pretty cool. I'm sure uh, GFW can get him relatively cheap. I think he's a heck of a worker, and he's he improved since the first match I saw him in. So uh, that, that was a good pickup. And as far as what we were talking about before with El Torito coming in, you can see with Octagon, Cito, and Divas in there that it almost does seem like, okay, they are going to try to build Force Wrestling, I think they want to bring as many different styles and as many different divisions as they possibly can to this company. And that's why I'm, I'm fine with them bringing El Torito in. I mean, Octagon Cito is a heck of a talent. I mean, him and Demas had really good chemistry. Um, and that's why I view this mini division to be something more than just your uh, as Raven Effect was kind of alluding to that, you know, some random bar brings in midget wrestling, as, you know, as he called it. But I think the mini division could, could really work. And, you know, if they get a, a decent division, I, I don't see why this can't work. So I thought this match was really well done. I thought Octagon Cito, Garza Jr., and Laredo Kid had really good chemistry. And I like the fact that, you know, Trevor Lee is still holding the while he's wrestling. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but overall, uh, Garza Jr., Laredo Kid, and Octagon Cito got the win, and I thought the finish was, was pretty cool. So um, moving on, I'll just kind of announce this as one giant segment with uh, Grado going on a date with Moro Von Ness, and they looked, it looked like they went to like a burger joint and then they uh, spent uh, some time by a fire, and then it looked like they were kind of uh, grazing, uh, looking up at the stars. Uh, and Laurel Von Est was liking Grado, but it looked like Grado was kind of creeped out. Um, I thought some of the, the parts in the segment were pretty funny, especially the one where Laurel Von Est eats the, uh, the hamburger in under a minute. I thought that was pretty funny. I also thought the part where her voice kind of came possessed was pretty funny as well. Um, should be interesting to see where this ends up because Grado obviously has to marry her for him to become a U.S. citizen. So, Robert, what did you think about the whole date uh, with Grado and Laurel Von Ness? I, I think Grado works when you put him, like, on a short like amount you put him outside of the ring and just doing his thing I, he, he, he's a quite likable guy I am not like a big fan of him like in the ring but outside of the ring he's a good actor, he's entertaining and louder than him he is great, he is awesome and I think that I think their whole kind of material proposal is going to be the thing that pressing of 
Louder Van Essen probably brings up the a new either a new version of Louder Van Essen or the rich beach uh character she was she was playing. I'm looking actually looking forward into the development of this uh, storyline. Uh, because the stuff they have been able to do Joseph Park, Lauder Banet in Grado in their words, their acting have been on point. So I'm looking forward what is next on that on that storyline. Go ahead. Right, right, exactly. Um the next match was one of the matches that impact kinda of hyped throughout the week. It was a triple threat match uh, involving Al Hydro de Fantasma versus Moki versus Matt Seidel. Uh, we saw Matt Seidel getting the win after doing the shooting star press on Moki and Fantasma. What did you think of this match? Oh, I, I, I was very impressed by Yo del Fantasma, especially by, by the size of him. The that ending, man, was crazy when um, obviously Matt Seidel did the shooting star press on top of Loki and the other Fantasma instead of picking off the win. I am not a big fan of Matt Seidel, mainly because of his mic work. I think his voice is kind of annoying, hard to listen to, but I think since we're heading up for Destination X, hopefully they put him in a good spot on, on that card that night, and we see something something new. I want to see something new being done with the exhibition at least on Destination X, and with someone of the caliber of Max Tidal. Yeah, I heard him. I thought the match was actually well done. I do like Matt Seidel. I liked him ever since I saw him originally in TNA. Um, I'm a big fan of Phantasma, mainly from his stuff from Switch Underground and King Cuerno. Uh, Loki, there's really not much else to really say except, you know, he's one of the pioneers of the exhibition. He's, he's, you know, he's done it all in the exhibition. I'm a big fan of him as well. Uh, I just thought the match was really well done. Uh, a lot of stiff shots by Loki and Seidel. Fantasma uh, had some great moves as well. I thought it was just a phenomenal match. And at any moment, any one of these three could have won it. Uh, but Matt Seidel, you know, he got the, the really cool, really fast shooting star press to get the win. Um, I thought it was a great match. Um, I was definitely entertained. Uh, afterwards, Seidel got on the mic. He said, trust yourself and question authority. Uh, and he called Bruce Pritchard, basically saying he wanted an exhibition title match. Um, Pritchard basically said that it may be true that Seidel that he deserves a title match, but it's also true that others uh, deserve a uh, title match as well. Um, then Bobby Lashley comes up and interrupts the situation and basically demands a world title shot. But uh, Pritchard remained silent, and then after that, Seidel kind of interrupted Lashley, and Lashley said, don't, don't even start, you don't want to go here. And then basically, uh, after Lashley's done talking to Pritchard, he spears Matt Seidel. 
So uh, pretty interesting stuff there. Uh, we don't really have to get in too much to that. I don't. Uh, do, you, do you think there's going to be a feud anywhere between Lashley and Seidel? I, I, I think that is, that is the direction. I, and I think it, it could be good. Uh, Lashley worked really well with Eddie Edwards last, last year. And they could do a one-off. The winner, let's say, Lashley versus Matt Seidel. And the winner uh, wins uh, like uh, first contender spot for their respective division. That that that, that could be that could be something not not bad at all. And I could see the match working like Lashley working as a heel, big guy heel, and obviously my side working as a underdog but fast baby face. I think they could do a good chemistry and, and do something good, especially like for something like Destination X. That that could be a good thing for for that show. That is gonna be as 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 far as I hear, it's gonna be live. So that 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 could, might get some people interested. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Lashley has proven that he can work with X Division style wrestlers pretty well. Uh, like you said, Eddie Edwards, and he also had some really good matches with Austin Aries. So I think this, if this match goes there, I think this match is going to be really good, and I think uh, it's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I'm looking forward to it because you just never know if Matt Seidel can. All it takes is one move to win the match. So I think that's if they are going in that direction, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it'll be really good. Um. All right, then the next match that we had was our main event. It was a fatal four-way. Um, it was Eddie Edwards versus EC3 versus Moose versus Eli Drake. It was a non-title match. Um, basically, Eli Drake steals the victory. What did you think of our main event tonight? Yeah, I, I like the chemistry between Eli Drake and, and EC3 during the match. I think they, they work together without fighting up each other. So that that was good and obviously I want to see Eli Drake getting and getting pushed. And that that that's good because you have you're have having someone that's the base of uh, let's say impact plan. Have been preaching and screaming that they want to see him be on the top of the card. So I I think that is a good decision having there. Now I guess he should be in line to get the grand title because he got a win in a match that Moose was involved. So I guess that is part of the things that gonna happen. Obviously. Eli Drake is an excellent talent, and even though he might be a mid-card title, I'd rather see him, like, work and be featured well than see him with the whole slow, slow main thing that even the writers know that that, 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 that's not work. That always is not going to work. It's like a two-episode kind of deal. But hopefully they pick it up now from here, separate him from 
from Chris Adonis, and let's push the guy to the moon. Let's push the guy, and you see, you, you gotta you gotta start in the making. It. The thing is, WWE is highly interested in him and in Rosemary, and if the you as Inter Wrestling don't put him on a big spot, you, you might lose him, and that is gonna hurt. Not necessarily on the rating side of things, but that 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 hurts like the base, the people who are the diehards, and you wanna have all those people happy because man, they went through hell and back, especially last year with all the rumors and a speculation about TNA going out of business. The base stood still. They keep their support in, and I think their their guys should be pushing. That is the the guy that the base one, and if you do that as a gift to obviously Eli Drake and the fans, you have a big star in the making that people see him as our hashtag our guy. That is obviously something that should happen. The same works with James Storm. Yes. James Storm is like our guy. He's someone that I think he actually got injured, if I'm not mistaken. So he should be also returning to the show shortly. But Eli Drake, I think it is it is time put the trigger on the guy. Now put him in a good spot against CT3 and most who are main event talent. And then little by little, hopefully by Frankfurt, we got him. Near near the main event scene, if not with the with the whole title. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I I thought this match was really really well done for a four way. Uh, I thought every guy looked really strong. Uh, the only part that I didn't like from this wasn't even in the match. It was the whole swole thing that they're trying to get because of the pop TV show that's coming on afterwards. I didn't really care for Chris Adonis, you know, talking, you know, these two guys. The only reason they're doing this is just to come off the show, and I feel like this gig, I don't know what it's going to do besides the inevitable match that's going to be Chris Adonis and Eli Drake versus the Swole but obviously this is going to happen sometime. Um, it's a good win for Eli Drake because he hasn't been winning a lot lately, so it's good to see him back on the way. I still feel like the feud is between DC3 and Moose. Um, I'm not, I don't think Eddie Edwards is all of a sudden just a feud with Eli Drake here. Um, I still feel like him and Adonis are going to feud with the schoolmates. Um, you know, it's, it's probably not going to be a good match, but I hope I'm wrong. But as far as this match goes, I thought it was. Four of them are very over, but it was good to see Eli Drake get a really, really nice victory because uh, it will do a lot for him going forward. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much that match. Um, all right, so our last segment of the night uh, it was the LAX continuing the fall on Elton Trunk's brother, and they. Uh, 
Alberto doesn't come out, and Conan basically says, uh, well, he doesn't really care about you. And then um, they have uh, Bill Carras in the, the ring as well. They tell, uh, Conan tells Homicide to take off his mask. He tries to get Albert, Alberto El Patron out there. Finally, Alberto El Patron comes out. Uh, Alberto threatens LAX. And if they put another finger on his family, things are going to get physical. Alberto says he would die for his family. Um, Conan says, you put on the t-shirt, this will stop, and we'll let your brother and your dad will release him. Um, so uh, basically, Alberto says, if I do this, Obviously, they wanted to get the mainstream audience, and by having LAX being portrayed as such a bad deal, and kind of using that dark, hard stick into getting Alberto El Patron that work. Also, you get like the Mexican audience, which they are obviously catered into, especially by doing to remove the mask of those caras. That is something like the mask in, in Mexico that is like sacred. Some, even like someone like uh, El Santo. I was like the, basically like the whole Hogan of, of Mexico. He did like TV shows and all sorts of stuff. And he never took out his mask until the, the like two days before he died, something like that. I mean, they are fully dedicated to that mask, and you, that, they don't break in case So that piece kind of kind of work, especially for older people or people who know knew the those caras and knew his his history. Obviously, when Alberto El Patron put the t-shirt, and then turned on LAX. That segment was excellent. Their reaction from the impact zone was a point. I would, I would have imagined if that segment was shot somewhere else, the pop, it would have been even bigger. But I'm not going to complain about that. The impact zone, at least on that segment, was very invested. And Alberto Patron, it is he's very over at the impact zone, and that is something that I quite enjoy, and I I have been quite impressed. He's winning me. He was very passionate in his delivery and his promo. He's 
he he kind of spoke from from the heart, like, hey, we are friends, we know each other from the past, and why are you doing this to me? Why? Why are you doing this to me and messing up with my family? That worked, and also name dropping Rey Mysterio in that ending segment, also that all fueled this whole speculation, and I guess if someone is just changing the channel, and let's say, and he watched like after the last five minutes, and you see, oh, yeah, there's Conan, there's Alberto Padron, oh, and they're teasing Rey Mysterio, so they are basically teasing Rey Mysterio and Alberto Padron versus LAX, oh, I am interested in seeing that, therefore, I'm going to be watching more and more of the show. Hopefully, this is where this is all of this leading, Alberto Padron and Rey Mysterio versus LAX, I think that could draw serious money. I, I, would you be interested in that match? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, what I really liked about this segment was I felt like this was the first time that I could really be accepted into Alberto El Patron as the number one thing. I don't really think LAX, you know, be, doing heel tactics, kidnapping his brother, kidnapping his dad, you know, beating, beating his brother up, almost taking off Zoltan, which he's a legend in Mexico. I, I mean, that, that new stuff, you could be like, oh, if this happened to me, I would be, you know, I'd be serious. So I was able Especially the way it ended. 
I think the show will work. I would I would rate it like seven and a half, something like that. I think it works. There obviously are gonna be missed opportunities and missed spots, obviously because the uh, impact is good, but it is not perfect. And that that is a part of things that are happening, and they are restructuring all things, but the um, history, the storyline between. LAX and Alberto Patron is working, is beefing off, is gathering quite a lot of attention. Even though the ratings were a little bit down this week, they still are in the 320s. So that is good news. That is a still is still in the top 10 most rated show within this year. So that is good news. Next week, we're going to have Sienna versus Rosemary last knockout standing match. So that is something to be on the lookout. And also we're getting something from the storyline within Grado and Laura Vaness. A little bit of comedy and that, that sort of thing. So that is also good. And probably we're getting another Super X Cup match which that is all, we're already are on a winning side of things. If that is kind of the the stuff that is gonna be happening next week. So overall, the show was good, and that is that is what matters the most. They did a a big uh, kind of angle at the end of the show, so that is gonna translate into next week. So hopefully, ratings are up. And things in the future it looks bright for GFW Impact. That what that is what at the end of the day that is what what matters the most. That when you think about impact and you think about the future, that the future looks bright. The day that that stuff that the future looks dark, there is problem with the product and there might need to be major adjustment. But as far as we're seeing, things are not perfect, but they are looking good, and the future looks good for GFW Impact. Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as the Spring Cup match, uh, we're going to have David Richards versus, um, uh, not Marifuji, but the other guy that they did bring over from Pro Wrestling, you know, uh, uh, Ichimori. Uh, Ichimori, yep. So we're going to have Davey Richards versus Christian Mori. That's going to be a really good match. So, uh, and then Sienna versus Rosemary. Uh, that knockout match. That's going to be really good. So I'm definitely looking forward to this match. As I always do. Um, it's been really solid. The storytelling has been really good. Um, the feud with Alberto and LAX, I think, is just picking up. It's been already good so far. So a lot of good things. So, 
Overall, you give it a 7.5, I give it an 8, so it's a pretty good impact for the most part. Uh, Robert, do you want to uh, tell everybody where they can check your uh, solo podcast out at again? Yeah, you can check out my, my, my the stuff that I do on YouTube.com and go ahead and search for Robert Does Wrestling. I mainly do impact reviews, impact news, and I also do sometimes top things, and I play some of the theme song by the wrestlers, so I'm working on the Jeff Jarrett channel theme, and I'm also working on the top 10 Rey Mysterio matches, so if you're looking to be, let's say, to go and check out the stuff, you already, I'm giving you kind of like the idea that I, of the stuff that I am creating on my YouTube channel. Thank you to everybody on the HeelCast for giving me the opportunity to be part of this group. To everybody who is listening right now, thank you so much for listening all the way through. You are the people who make all of this happen. That would be it for me today. Thank you to everybody and I will see you next time. Go ahead and close the show. Yes, uh, we just want to thank uh, Raven Effect for being on the show of the earlier half. Uh, thank you Robert for once again. We appreciate you stepping in while some of our other members can't be on the show as much. Um, I hope to be on the next show as well. Um, I don't see why on the next show, so um, yeah, just want to say it was a really good show, uh, really good impact, 